um, I want to start by introducing my family. I think you know my wife, the one who reminded me to introduce my family. And she's the first one after the Lord I'd give thanks to for this moment because she's an amazing woman. And I love you, honey, and I thank you for um, a lot more patience than most people in this world have <laughs> being married to me. Um, you probably have gathered that my son-in-law, Brett, is a pastor in Durham uh, at a church that I go to every time I'm down there, and I love it. And he's married my oldest daughter, Kelly. And um, a quick word about them is that Brett, had, Brett was just a little nerd when I met him. <laughs> and kind of like a brat. <laughs> but I've told him that. In the same church that I started going to many, many years ago. And um, Loana, that was your husband's church, of course. And um, one day they went to the, the Brownsville Revival that I think was mentioned this morning by John Noska. And he came back, and he was one of the many teens that went up and gave a testimony, and my jaw hit the floor because of what I saw God do in his life, and I knew it was real. And at the end of the service, I chased him down afterwards and caught him in the parking lot and said, Brad, look, um, you don't know me, and I don't really know you, but I'm Mark Standard, and I just have to tell you that was an amazing testimony, and I have no idea what God has for you in the future. Um, but I'm jealous to know what he's going to do with your life. And years later, uh, he married my daughter. <laughs> and they have um, provided me with four of the six greatest grandchildren in the world. And right behind them is my other son-in-law, Andrew, and um, our other daughter, our second daughter, Kayton. And Andrew is an elder in the church up in Northern Virginia. Um, and that's just as hard as being a pastor in Durham, I think. But <laughs> we love them. They have two of the sweetest grandkids in the world as well. The youngest one probably having more energy than any 10 kids I know. And uh, you should hear Kayton sing. I wish he could sing this morning, but you should hear her sing. <laughs> and um, behind them, oh, uh, Andrew's parents are here. Yes, my dear, dear friends. Bill and Gail Owen are in the back, and keep me straight, honey. And Rochelle's mom is in the back. Uh, she flew up here from Alabama for this. Um, Kathy Merchant, thank you, Kathy. And next to her is, well, I, I'll introduce in absentia my son, Hunter, who would have been here except for something he simply could not get out of, and I didn't want him to. Um, and, and next to my mother-in-law, is the one who I will not invite up here because she could tell you very well about the imperfectness of Mark Standard. My last daughter, Maddie, asked her maybe in private about our conversation yesterday in which I proved that I'm a fallen creature in a way, <laughs> at least imperfect. So um, thank you all. Did I forget anybody? No, my, yes, my, we've got a lot of grandkids in children's church, but my two oldest ones are Judah and Josiah, who are two, the two oldest sons of Brett and Kelly. And I love you guys like you wouldn't believe. Um, I, they, uh, they wanted to stay for Granddad, and Granddad's glad that you stayed, guys. Um, some thanks. I, if I start giving thanks, I'll forget some people and leave you out, and I don't mean to, but... 
thanks, Bob Harmon, for coming. I do love you. You're an awesome guy. And um, thank you, Luana and Steve, um, the wife and uh, oldest son of my first mentor, who uh, Doug is now kind of filling in the spot for. And thank you, Doug, for coming. And Cindy, thank you for coming. Uh, I've never known anybody to have um, the heart that he has, and I've never had that quick of a relationship of a dear, dear friend in such a short time. We have been talking every month for a number of months, but we don't have lots of time together. But I feel like he knows my soul and absolutely loves my soul. Thank you for coming, Ruben and Barbara. Ruben's one of my Panera buddies um, almost weekly. Um, and, you know, I, I couldn't stand up here and speak without telling you a story, right? I have to tell you a story. Um, I have a story and I have a scripture and an encouragement. I think I'll start with a scripture, the scripture that God's been putting on my heart and I've been reading and crying over for weeks and weeks every time I read it. It's very short, and it's about when King David was about to die. Now, don't take any inference there. <laughs> David was uh, uh, done with his ministry and, and, and his king, kingship, actually, and passing it on to his son Solomon. And it says, David went in and sat before the Lord. And it's easy to uh, just kind of skip by that. But I'd encourage you, first of all, I have another encouragement in a minute, but my first encouragement is for every single one of you to go and sit before the Lord. You will hear the amazing things that the greatest Father who exists has to say to you about what he thinks about you. And none of them are bad. None of them are negative. None of them are condemning. None of them are withholding. None of them... There is no such thing as guilt or blame or shame or withholding from your real father. He is the perfect father, and he, he knows you intimately, and he wants you to know him intimately, and he wants you to go in and sit before him and be silent. And if you have anything to say, just say to him, Father, here I am. What do you want to say to me? I'd also encourage you to have a pen and, and uh, pad with you and a personal journal. Hi, Rick. <laughs> hey, Fran. Um, have a pen and a book with you to write down. I have numerous journals, some things I'd never want anybody to read, um, just because I start out sometimes, like David did, pouring out my heart before the Lord. And then there's a shift when he starts speaking to me. And uh, he will speak amazing, voluminous, what's that, terms of endearment to you, words of truth, things that come out of his heart for you that pour out all the time, but we don't hear and we don't feel. But if you open your heart and just say, here I am, speak to me, he'll say things that you have never heard, even from the most loving caring relationship, maybe it's a spouse or a child or a parent, in your life. He will love you and love you and love you until you know you're, that you're loved. So that's my first encouragement. And he said, when he sat before the Lord, there was a pause when he was listening, and he said, and this was the thing that I thought about this morning, who am I? 
was the first thing he said is, was, who am I? That you, sovereign Lord, have done so much for me, have brought me this far. And I look back and I think, God, you have brought me so, so far. Um, somebody mentioned the word faithful. I think it was actually my son-in-law, Andrew, who prayed it and spoke it. That I've told people a hundred, several hundred times that with my last words, I will say, God is faithful. Because he is. And you know, I didn't plan on saying anything. I was handed this when I was sitting there. And um, so I guess this just comes filterless from the heart. And um, so I'll end maybe with a story. I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't step down without telling you a story. This one my wife hasn't even heard. And it's probably the safest to tell this one in a crowd. You understand? <laughs> oh, dear. She's, no, it's not about you. But you, you, might, um, you might wonder what would ever happen to my mind. Um, I was up in Connecticut recently for two purposes. And one was for my 50th high school anniversary which was canceled two years ago, and last year was a 50-plus ones, and there was a spike in COVID, and so they scheduled a 70th birthday party for all of us this year, and I just came back from that and being up there a week. And so I coupled that with a visit to my family, and I've been praying for months. I knew this would all come together, and I've been praying for months, Lord, make this a missionary journey. Make this like one of Paul's missionary journeys. And uh, I don't want to sit around and chat with my high school friends least of all about the things we did in high school, but um, I just, I want to speak heart to heart. I want to speak truth. I want to speak life. I want to speak words of life. So you guide me. You give me the appointments. And here's where my encouragement is to you. This is not about me. This is, it's kind of like the book. I'm writing my life, but nobody cares about my life, but they'll read God's story through my story, and it will help your story. And so these words, I hope, will help your story. And one of the things I've been hearing from God uh, lately is ask big and believe big. I preached this at my friend's church about three weeks ago. Ask big and believe big. Because it's a, if it's not big enough that only God can do it, you won't believe it was him. So ask God and believe God. And I think I may have shared in here at some point that by now, for, for the past several years, I've said, God, give me millions. Can you believe I have the nerve for that? Yes, because it's not about me. It's about a big God, and I'm asking him for millions, and I've, I've qualified that a couple of times. Recently, I've changed that to, God, give me millions upon millions. And the other qualification is I don't even have to see them while I'm here. Maybe they'll come through one of my sons-in-laws or my daughters. Maybe they'll come through one of my grandsons sitting here this morning. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come through one of you. It might come through somebody you lead to the Lord that will be credited to your account and mine. But God, don't take me from this earth without giving me millions that I can give to you when I get there, even if I'm amazed when I get there. And so that's been my constant prayer. So go in before the Lord, sit before the Lord, and hear his love for you and ask him things that he wants you to ask. You know, he said in one place, ask me for the nations, and I will give them to you. So if Haiti is on your heart, if, if a city of Singapore is on your heart, if China is on your heart, ask for China. There's billions. That's bigger than my prayer. But ask big and believe big. I've seen it happen too many times 
for it to fail. It may not happen in the way or the time that you expect, but God loves those prayers. And here's the story. I was up in Connecticut, and I was staying at what turned out to be a, a, a bed and breakfast, which was a gal's house, who um, she and her son bought this house two years ago to have as kind of their Shangri-La. And then right after they bought it, he was shot dead. He was 27 years old and he was shot dead um, by a member of the military, by a Marine, a, in an argument, a jealous argument between the two of them. And this woman is a believer, a precious woman, and uh, she turns house into a bed and breakfast in honor of her son. She calls it Jay's house, Jay's Ranch, because that's her son's name. And I stayed there for a week, and I got the, the nicest bedroom with the you know, ensuite because I was the longest. Everybody else came in for a night or two. And I had interactions with each of the people that came through. But once there, one morning there was a couple, and here's what I want to tell you this morning that God just put on my heart to share. There was a couple that came, and... Um, his name is Gabrielle. They're from Canada. And she's Anne Marie, Gabrielle and Anne Marie. And they stayed in a, in a room. And I was out each morning, um, and I was sitting at her kitchen table reading the word and having coffee, just delighting in it before I started my day. And Gabrielle and Anne Marie came out, and we greeted each other and chatted. And um, she went to talk to the gal um, who owned the home. And he looked at me, he said, What are you reading there? <laughs> And something inside me just chuckled, you know, because when somebody asks me what I'm reading uh, and it's the Bible, I know it's God's appointment, you know. And so I said, oh, it's the Bible. I said, and I try to do it every morning. It just, um, it just gives me life, gives me hope. It just, you know, it, it talks about the God and it's written by the God who has changed my life and given me everything good. And the more I talked, the more he just, he really bent in and, and listened. And then I asked him about, about them, and he said, well, we're traveling. I have a, a, a job where I'm going, uh, where I work a month and a half, and I go, we go on a trip for a month and a half. And we're going down the East Coast and back up to Canada, Montreal. Um, and we're about halfway through. And, um, and here's the thing, folks. If something comes, a little something in you, just say it. Just say it, whether you're asking a question, whether you're going to pray, whether you're going to speak something. And I just said to them, oh, are you married? It just came out of me. And, and they both kind of looked down a bit and said, no, uh, but we've known each other and been together for 10 years. I said, oh, that's wonderful. And um, I think I said to him, what are you waiting for? And he said, well, we're kind of waiting to be situated well enough so that, you know, we'll be okay, meaning, you know, they want to make enough money and get ahead with their career. And I didn't say a thing about that. I just looked at her and said, and you're waiting for the ring. And she goes, yes. <laughs> and I said, do you have a date? And they said, no. Um, and and these, these things just came out, you know. You just follow your question with another. And I said, um, oh, how far along are you with any plans? And they said, well, we don't have any plans. And with that, I knew they really didn't know anybody, any church, any person. And I said, um, oh, wow. And the Holy Spirit was all over me by then. And I said, um, ready for this? I said, um, uh, well, you guys, do you, do you have a pastor? Do you have somebody to marry you? And they said, no, we kind of don't know anybody 
And I said, well, look. And by this time, I'm listening to myself. And I said, well, look, you know, um, if the time comes that you get married and you have a pastor, you have a minister, you have somebody that you, that you love and loves you and wants to do it, that is awesome. That's just a gift from God. But if you don't, I will fly to Montreal and marry you. And he looked at me and he said, you're kidding. I said, no. I said, I'd do that. He said, you'd really do that? I said, yes, I'd do that. He said, you have a card? I said, no, I don't have a card, but I'll write down my name and phone number and uh, give it to you. And if that day comes, you know, I will do that. And so um, I wrote down my name and phone number and put down, I will come to Montreal and, and marry you if you want. And I gave it to him and he put it inside his wallet. And um, then I just prayed for him. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, oh, yeah. And so I prayed for them. Of course, it was just the Holy Spirit. And uh, we said goodbye. And I don't know if I'll ever see them again. They may find someone, but they'll never forget that moment. They'll never forget that they met a man who's willing on his own account to go and fly to Montreal to marry them if that's what they want and that's what they need. And boy, they'll be in for something if that happens because I won't marry them until they know Jesus. But, um, but folks, listen, that's not a story about me because I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't. I just have said in my heart, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And, you know, if you say that and mean that, even if you say it with a little bit of knee-knocking and hands-shaking and don't know where he's going to take you or what it will cost, um, it will cost. But I tell you what, God will change your life, and he will do things in your life and bring to a reality in your days here on earth the fullness of the purposes that he had ordained for you from ages past. He didn't think about your life on the first day you were conceived. He thought about your life, and he knew you in your mother's womb, and even before, before you were born, before you were conceived. You were conceived in the mind and the heart of God, and he has a purpose for every single life. Young man, he has a purpose for your life. You know that, Judah, Josiah, God's got an amazing purpose for your lives, and every one of you. And so um, I'm sorry to take so long. I had no idea. I had no words to say except that one scripture, but thank you. And I'm just going to invite you that if you want to pray that prayer and jump off the cliff, you know, I think it was, uh, it was you, Doug, that's, that, that talked about Abraham going out. That was, um, that was the first scripture God gave me after he called me 30-something years ago. Now, you know, we get life scriptures. The very first one was Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. It's kind of like Samuel saying, here I am. Go ahead and, or, yeah, here I am. I'm listening. And Isaiah saying, here I am, send me. You know, if you want to make that prayer, if you've done that, if you want to renew it today, if you've made 99% of your life mistakes, that's fine. God will redeem all of them in ways that will bless people. You can be real too, and God will use it. So let's pray. And if you, you don't have to put up a hand, you don't have to come forward, but in your heart, God sees your heart. If you want that to be your life, then let's pray together. Father, thank you for that invitation to every one of us. Lord, to jump into the deep end of the pool. And Lord, if you see our heart is there, but we hesitate, go ahead and push us in. Father, so that our life becomes 100% of what 
your heart's desire is and what your purpose was ages ago for each one of us. Thank you that you put us in the families that you gave us, and the with the parents you gave us, the siblings you gave us, and in the time on earth that you, you put us here for the purposes that only you know in your heart and mind. And I thank you, God, that every single heart here that says yes, even if it just kind of tepidly whispers, okay, God, I'll give it a try. I pray that you would rush in and take them step by step by step, Father, to a place where they sense your pleasure day by day and know the heart of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Bill. Mark, as you were speaking, um, you were touching on everything the Lord gave me as a word for you earlier. And I still believe he wants you to, to know this. And he said to me, you had asked, why me, Lord? And he's saying to you just what you said. In Eon's past, I knew you. It's no mistake you were named Mark. For you are a marked man. You were marked with my cross. Because you have said to me, these sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the things that God has for me. And that's why I've been able to trust you with pouring God's Father's love through you to others. And you will move glory to glory. In the future. Thank you, Guyan. Just want to encourage everyone in here. If you feel God is calling you to something, we are here to stand with you. We are here to celebrate that with you when you answer that calling. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for a room full of Samuels in here. People who are willing to say, here I am, Lord. I thank you so much that your voice is made abundantly clear where we don't have to ask someone whether or not that is your voice. And I thank you, God, that you are so good, that you are a God who calls us, who calls us to lead people closer to you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, don't leave here without shaking this man's hand and congratulating him today. If you need prayer, feel free to come forward. Otherwise, we love you, and we'll see you next week.